This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 87. Story, story, story. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we are going to be talking about how to create a guiding statement for your family. Yes, I'm so excited about this because we actually are basing this podcast off of a workshop that we did at Beulah Alliance Church. This is the church that Daniel serves at. And the feedback was incredible. We were talking mainly to the parents of youth and helping them figure out what is the purpose of our family. Mm -hmm. And the feedback was incredible. So we wanted to share this with you as well. Now, we actually have a free printable for y'all. And this will help you fill out the no the nooks and the crannies of what we are saying. So if you want to do it right now, you can pause and go to inbetween.org slash episode 87, print off the free printable, and it'll give you the framework and the structure of what we're working at. Come back here, press play, and get ready to change the story of your family. Yes. And we built the whole thing around story because we're storied people. And you'll hear that as we get into the content of this episode. But quickly, before we get into the content of this episode, if you're not connected with us on Instagram or Facebook at In Between Show, be sure to go there sometime this week because we're doing a giveaway of my new book, You Are What You Do and Six Other Lies About Work, Life, and Love. We're going to be giving five copies of the paperback version of the book away. So just go to at in between show on Facebook or Instagram and you'll be able to read all about how to enter that for the draw. This is your chance, folks. Do it. <laughs> all right, let's get into the content for this episode. Yeah, so many exciting things happening all over the place. So make sure, you know, if you're feeling a little bit like, what am I supposed to do? Don't worry. Go to inbetween.org slash episode 87 and we will have all the links for you. Mm, that's a good This that's a will good be place. your guiding principle. <laughs> no, okay. Let's actually get into it because that's not actually the guiding principle, but take it away, Daniel. All right. All right. Now think about the all-time highest grossing worldwide film. Okay. So worldwide. Worldwide. All-time highest grossing. Is it English? Is it in yeah, English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, English, yeah. Okay. Avengers Endgame. Oh, well, yeah, that yeah. was incredible, <laughs> obviously. Was Thanos. Oh, All my right. goodness. Okay, so that's number one. Yeah. How about the fifth highest grossing film? Uh, Frozen? Avengers. Again? Infinity War. Yeah, the other, another one of the Avengers ones. Was yeah. that the first one or second one? I can't uh, remember. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then... So good, we don't remember. <laughs> and then the eighth highest grossing film? Uh... Avengers. Ah, really? The original okay. Avengers. And I'm sure you can guess by now... You know, what's the 10th highest grossing film? Mary Poppins. How'd you know? <laughs> no, it's Avengers. <laughs> Believe it or not. Age of Ultron. Like, what? It's absolutely... Man, I should have been part of this Avengers team. It's insane. And that's just the top 10. And that's just the Avengers ones. All the other movies from the Marvel Universe mm -hmm. are in top 20, top 30. I mean, so many of them take up those spots. 
So isn't it insane, though, how the Marvel Universe has so captivated the hearts and minds of our entire world, right? Not just North America, but our entire world that they hold four out of the top 10 spots for highest grossing films. That's incredible. I mean, the world has invested almost eight billion dollars of their hard-earned hard-earned dollars to see these made-up characters and worlds played out before their eyes even our local science museum in edmonton the tellus world of science has an entire exhibit i think they're the first canadian city to have this exhibit go edmonton uh but (laughs) they have an entire exhibit dedicated to this pretend universe pretend right what part of this is science i don't yes. know <laughs> it's the money maker that's Cha-ching! right they want to cash in on that eight million dollars oh, right no joke. <laughs> so what is it about this fake universe that just seems to draw people in is it the cg like the computer graphics and the explosions i mean those are pretty cool right mm-hmm. is it the draw of the comfy seats and salty popcorn at the theaters maybe you can close your eyes and sleep for a minute let's be honest sometimes that's why i go is it the big names in the movies the academy award winners that you've seen over and over again or is it perhaps the story that marvel has carefully cultivated and nurtured you know the story of good versus evil we always love that even since we're young the story of the power of teamwork what we can do together the story of overcoming darkness together mm-hmm. and on and on and on it goes i mean i even love these movies i am one of those people who are willing to shell out 15 dollars for two and a half hours yeah. to go and be a part of this pretended universe And it's not even a rom-com or a Disney Pixar movie, right? Those (laughs) are the ones where I'm usually like, I need to leave feeling, oh, just a little bit more in love. Hmm. So whether we realize it or not, we're all drawn to stories. Jesus knew this. This is how he taught. He taught through story. There's the story about the mustard seed. There's the story about the good Samaritan. There's the story about the prodigal son, the story about the rich fool, the story about the sheep and the goats. And that's just a few. Jesus knew that stories have the power to shape our lives and that we all live our lives according to some story which means that there's some story that your child is living according to, that we're all living according to. When I was younger, I believed the lie that I am who I know. This is one of the chapters in my book, and I actually share the story in my book, You Are What You Do and Six Other Lies About Work, Life, and Love. But I believed it, right? I sincerely believed it. And and I honestly, it's funny to think about now, but when I was in high school, I honestly believed that if I become a Korean fob, I will be accepted. I really did. Koreans, the especially the ones that were wearing clothes from Korea, who just moved from Korea, who didn't speak English that well, but they were the ones in my high school who were the most popular ones. And I was like, well, I'm not popular. But I look like that. I don't dress like them, but I look like them. So maybe if I get the same clothes that they do, hey, mom, send me to Korea or hey, my friends are going to Korea. Can you buy me some Maja Flava? Literally, that was a brand. It was <laughs> like, Flava. yeah, Maja Flava. <laughs> like major flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess, but it's like cooler Maja, than Maja Flava. <laughs> it was kind of like a competition with FUBU. Right. So oh it was I, I had like, awesome. a light baby blue, oh, baby yeah. blue hoodie. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah I can Maja Flava. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right>. if only. <laughs> 
So honestly, I thought that if I dressed like them, then they would accept me. They would let me hang out with them and then I'd be popular like them. But you know where it ended? It ended with me getting drunk and blacking out completely in Korea. And and when that happened, it hit me like a ton of bricks where I was like, is this where my life is going to head if I keep on going down this road? Now, that summer after I spent in Korea, I, I came back home to Vancouver. And, and when I did, my life didn't necessarily turn around. But, you know, I focused on school. I focused on grades. I, I focused on university. And, and I was like, okay, maybe it's not who I know. Maybe it's what I know. So I believed another one of the lies from my book that I am what I know. But then I realized that that didn't end up working either. So I went to a youth retreat where my youth pastor forced me to go. <laughs> and honestly, that's when everything turned around and, and where I first recognized that I'm not who I know, but I'm known by our loving Savior Jesus, who will never leave us nor forsake us. I was overwhelmed by the forgiveness of God's grace and his love. I realized that I'm not what I know either, but rather that I'm complete in Jesus. So for me, the story and lie that I believed when I was a teenager was that I needed to earn people's love or else I would be alone. I joke uh, with people that I was born a people pleaser. My parents told me that I was their easy child. I hardly cried. I fell asleep in the car. And if you have a baby, you know how big of a deal this is. I fell asleep in the car and transferred perfectly to my bed. I was just easygoing. Even before I realized it, I had this innate way of knowing what people expected of me and would deliver it over the top. If you needed me to be quiet, I would sit still and not say a word. If you needed me to be loud and energetic, I could fill the room with my laughter too. If you needed a shoulder to cry on, I would make sure I had clean Kleenex in my pocket and a listening ear ready for your every need. Now I see that it is a gift to be able to, in some way, fit into whatever group or situation I am in, but without my own story to live, I just followed along with everyone else's. It was my last year of high school and I began dating this guy long distance. He was pretty dreamy. Everything seemed to be going wonderfully until patterns started to pop up that should have been huge warning signs. For example, he would beg me to call him in the middle of the night to talk because he got off work late. So I would set my alarm clock for 2 a.m. in the morning to wake me up to call him. He told me he couldn't call me because he couldn't afford the long distance bills. This was before the fact that we had like unlimited calling or I don't know. It was this even this was even the fact that we had to we had to pay for texting, y'all. We had to pay for texting. <laughs> I'm aging old. myself right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he told me he couldn't afford it. So you know what I did? I called him all the time. One month, I racked up a bill of almost $1,000. Wow. He would off the cuff mention to me a few times that he really liked the fact that I was sporty and I did gymnastics and soccer and rugby, um, but that I had thick legs and he really liked girls with thinner legs. So you know what I started doing? I started taking diet pills. This makes me so angry. Right? Jerk face. Oh, yes. Yeah, I love your legs. Only- <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I really That's a love different your legs. story. Yeah. Okay, sure. Sorry. Uh, I became a shell of myself to live the story that he invited me into. Before I knew it, I was in 
an emotionally abusive relationship. I was his puppet. At the age of 17, I was ready to do whatever he asked me to do because I was not living my own story. I was living his. Now, thankfully, my parents intervened and stopped the relationship. But if I had continued to believe that I didn't have a story, I don't want to imagine what would become of me. That's mm, true. So do you know what story you are living according to? Do you know what story is influencing the way that you parent? And do you know the story that your child is living according to? Every day we are exposed to over 5,000 ads a day. 5,000, can you believe it? At the grocery store, on Instagram, YouTube, on the bus ride to school and from school maybe with your kids, or even on TikTok. And every day it's estimated that we make around 35,000 decisions. Crazy. The stories that we believe and let drive our lives, they really matter because they are not only providing for us the framework to make decisions, but they are also influencing the way we spend our time, the way we spend our money, and the way we spend our energy. So if we're not intentional and proactive in living our lives and parenting according to the story that matters most to us, then you know what we're doing? We're opening the doors to allow Fortune 500 companies, peer pressure, and fate to write our stories. And I will guarantee 100% that none of these things and none of these people have our best interests in mind or our children's best interests in mind. The fact is, if we do not invite our children into a story, someone else will. So that's why on this episode, we want to give you the tools to identify and craft a family story that will give you purpose, direction in life, and connection with one another. So at this point, we're going to be referencing and walking through the printable. That's free on inbetween.org slash episode 87. If you go there, you'll find the link to download it. So it's going to be pretty important that you do have this to fully benefit from this episode. But honestly, if you're driving right now, don't worry. You can keep on listening to it because we're going to be asking you questions and you can think through it so that when you get home or when you have a chance, you can grab that printable and, and fill in your answers. Now, before we get into the nuts and bolts of crafting a guiding statement for your family, it's important to note that we're not asking you to create a permanent statement, uh, nor should this conflict with the primary calling that Jesus calls us to. As Christians, for Christina and I, we have the same purpose and mission in life, to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as Jesus loves them. We're designed to know Jesus and to make him known. We are first and foremost human beings, not doings. And underneath this primary purpose and calling, there's a secondary one. And, and that's specifically what we want to talk about on this episode. We want to talk about that secondary calling, which we're calling a guiding statement. So, Christina, why is it important to even do this in the first place? Why is it important for a family to have a guiding statement? Well, unless you have an overarching framework for your family's story, you won't really know what your purpose is. You won't know what to say yes to. You won't know what to say no to. You won't know what to allow in your home and not to allow in your home. It'll basically be a free-for-all and according, you'll make your decisions according to whatever you feel like that day. 
So we recognize that creating a guiding statement can sound quite intimidating at first. So we want to break down the process through a quick exercise. So if you have your piece of paper, if you have your printable, now it's time to take it out. We want you to write down three things you want your family to be known for. Yeah, and if you don't have the printable in front of you, just think about maybe one or two things that you want your family to be known for. You can hit pause just to fill that in or just to think about that for a little bit, and then you can hit resume to continue on. So Christina, now that we have written down things that we want our family to be known for, let's have an idea as to where we're going. Okay, what does a good guiding statement look like? What is the end goal for for everything that we're doing right now? Well, the heart of our guiding statement is contained within the points that we actually wrote down uh, in the previous part where we asked you, what do you want your family to be known for? Hmm. So when you're ready to write your guiding statement, be sure to start with what you just wrote down or what you're thinking about, since these contain the heart of what matters most and where you want to go. Now, on a side note, Writing your family's guiding statement should be done with your entire family. I know that we're talking about this right now. We're talking just to you listening, our podcast family. But when you're ready to do this, make sure that you include your children and include your spouse just so that everyone has an idea and can be involved and have a say in crime. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. I'm sure it will be beneficial and eye-opening to hear what everyone wants to say and needs to say and also how they perceive what they want their family to be known for. We already know that not everyone is going to have the same answers, especially if you have multiple children. They might have all different ideas of what their family wants to be known for. Let's make a pact right now. Even if it is not the same as yours, even if it raises your eyebrows just a little bit, or maybe even makes your heart stop beating or beating a little bit faster, let's make a pact right now that we will keep the lines of communication open let them share their thoughts. Mm, That's good. That's good. When you think about your guiding statement, your guiding statement should introduce a challenge or a problem that you see in the world and how your family is going to overcome it. So one of the favorite questions that Christina and I like to ask our kids is, what problem do you see in the world? What problem do you see and, and, and what role can you play in solving this problem? So take a look at the three things that you'd like your family to be known for. Can you reframe or rewrite them in a way that introduces a challenge or a problem? For example, one of the things that we want our family to be known for, this is personally Christina and I, 
is that our home is a safe haven for all those who enter. We want our home to be welcoming, loving, and and we want our guests to leave feeling known, seen, and loved by us and by God. And for our podcast family, I know we're not having dinner together, but that's our hope that this is what our episodes feel like as well, that we're kind of having dinner together. So if we were to reframe or rewrite this in a way that introduces a challenge or a problem, here's how it would go. The world is lonely, disconnected, and lacks community. So just take some time to translate what you want your family to be known for into a challenge or a problem, and then you can hit resume when you're ready to go. Okay, now that we've reframed what we want our family to be known for into a problem or issue, the next step is to ask ourselves, what can our family do to overcome this problem? So for example, going back to the fact that we said the problem was The world is lonely, disconnected, and lacks community. Our family, in order to overcome this, this is what we want to do. We will make space in our calendar to be able to have people over. We will intentionally invest into new friendships. We will teach our children what it means to be hospitable. And we will be prepared to host families in our home by having a few go-to quick meals that we can whip up and that are easy to prepare so we don't stress over having company over. I remember, Daniel, there was a time in our lives, I'm sure you remember this, a few years back where we loved hosting, except it was so stressful. Mm. I would have to make sure that everything was perfect. I remember, you know, the countdown, you know, maybe 40 minutes before the guests came, I would be yelling at you to vacuum, to clean the floors, to wash the windows, to vacuum the the blinds. Like it was just kind of ridiculous, right? And I would be telling the kids like, no, don't play with your toys. Your friends are coming. Sit there and do nothing. Just watch mommy cook in as I sweat with all yeah, of yeah. the stress, right? <laughs> That's not a way to overcome a problem. No, and you're no, definitely I am not the like problem. that anymore. <laughs> I am you are problem. definitely not like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we built structures into our family to allow us to still do what we love to do, to host people, but at the same time, not put our family into a frenzy. And because of that, I feel like we've made more space for people to come in and out and also changed our perspective of what our home is for. If you want to come and see a spotless home with no crumbs on the floor, this is not your house to come to. (laughs) However, if you want to come and be welcomed into this home and heard, listened to, loved, fed good food, come on in. So this moment, just hit pause on the podcast and, and take a moment to think through how you're going to overcome this problem, okay? Because we're overcoming ours by creating margin, by creating space, by teaching our kids what it means to be hospitable, to by having a few go-to meals, right? Here's just a few ways, practical ways, right? It doesn't need to be all... I don't know, super complicated. Just what are some simple ways that you can overcome this problem? And when you're ready, just hit resume. So Christina, what is going to happen if our family doesn't do this, right? That's the next part on this printable. We talked about what we want to be known for. We reframed it into a challenge or a problem. Uh, We then talked about how we're going to overcome this problem. So before we actually can write our guiding statement, we need to have the what if, okay? What 
is at stake. If we don't do this, then what is going to happen? And, and if that's not compelling, you're not going to do it. Right. <laughs> well, if we're thinking of the story framework, right? You're not going to watch a movie. You're not going to continue to invest two and a half hours of your precious time and life into a story that has no tension. Oh yeah, our kids understand this so deeply. One of the things that Macarius likes to ask me to do is to tell stories and we have different characters and different worlds. I mean, I want to write a children's book. We have a, a few characters that we're wrestling with. But these days, he's just asking me to, to tell him about Star Wars. <laughs> so sometimes I'll tell a story. And if it's just like, if there's no tension and there's no conflict and, and there's no what if. Yeah, he's like, no, what's the problem? <laughs> no, this is a bad story. <laughs> Start again, Keep Daddy. on going. Yeah. No, he knows because that's what makes a good story. So for us, so what happens if we don't do what we said we were going to do as a family? Well, as a family, here's what's at stake. We'll begin prioritizing our comfort and well-being. We'll begin disregarding the needs of those we live, work, and play with, and so on and so on and so on. So just hit pause. Take a moment to think through what's going to happen if you don't do this and hit resume when you're ready. When your guiding statement introduces a challenge or problem that you see in the world, and it also outlines how your family is going to overcome it, this will make for an exciting and memorable life that everyone wants to be invested in. It'll also create a sense that you're on the same team and moving toward the same direction and common goal. Now the sweet spot, which is also <laughs> a little bit of a, mm, the sweet spot is if your guiding statement scares everyone just a little bit. Like, we have to ask ourselves, can we actually do this? It's going to require struggle and investment, faith, and ultimately to trust God outside of our own abilities. That's the sweet spot when we realize our calling is bigger than ourselves. Yeah, so those four exercises is what you can put together to create your family's guiding statement. So once you have that guiding statement, the next component that you need to do is Clarify the key characteristics that your family needs to overcome the challenge or the problem that you've been talking about. In other words, which character in the Avengers does your family need to be to accomplish his goal? Oh, for ours, I would say Iron Man, right? Yeah, this most selfless <laughs> character, <Exactly>. giving, generous <laughs> All yes, of it. altruistic <laughs> character <laughs> in the Marvel universe. Oh, and then, you know, put Hulk together and we just be the most selfless hosts ever. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, we don't like what you're saying. We're just going to smash you. <laughs> okay, so jokes aside, if you were casting a character in a movie, so this is the question, what type of character would you need to overcome the challenge or problem that your guiding statement is addressing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that character, the character that you're thinking about right now is going to embody a lot of those characteristics that we want you to write down. So just in a little bit, we're going to ask you to hit the pause button to write down three key characteristics that your family needs to overcome the challenge or the problem that your guiding statement is addressing. But before you do that, here are a couple questions to think through. Who do we have to be to accomplish this? Or to put it another way, who are we calling our kids to be? As an example for Christina and I, uh, for our family, in order to solve the problem that the world is lonely, disconnected, and lacks community, we need to be, and here are our key characteristics, we need to be hospitable. 
We need to be active and empathetic listeners. And we need to be generous with our time and also be loving. So just hit the pause button, write down some of those key characteristics and hit play when you're ready to keep going. So maybe you're looking at your key characteristics and you're thinking, uh, we are not close to this. We do not have those characteristics in our lives yet. Take a deep breath. That is okay. Actually, that may be a really good place to start. Hmm. If you're looking at those characteristics of what you want to be and you're not there yet, you have created already a path of growth for yourself and for your family. So good. So by defining the key characteristics your family needs to solve the issue, all of a sudden you and your children wake up realizing that you are playing a much more important role in your life and in the world than maybe you even realized Y'all, that's exciting. That's a reason to wake up. That's a reason to critically think about our actions and the consequences to those actions. It's a reason to trust God with our time, with our money, and with our energy. So now that we have our guiding statement, our three characteristics, the next component is that we need to determine what three critical actions our family will need to make this work. Yeah, and this is the last step for today's exercise. Critical actions are something that's done almost daily, if not multiple times a week. Essentially, the point of this is to create a series of habits because going back to the idea about stories, actions are the force that makes the plot move forward. I I think we've all been around people that talk big and that's all that there is and there's no actual action behind their words which we're trying to raise our children not to be Uh, we want to raise our family and and be a family that are people of their word we want to talk the talk and we want to walk the walk so that's why critical actions are so important so when you write your actions it's really really important to be specific And we know it can be a little tricky to distinguish between the characteristics that we just talked about and the actions behind it. So an easy way to differentiate between the two is to make sure your actions would be able to show up on the big screen, Hmm. would be able to be filmable. Going back to the example of the movies, we don't actually know the inner workings of a character. Like when you're reading a book, the author is able to jump inside their brain. They can talk in third person. They, They can talk about how they're feeling. But in a movie, you can't do that. The director is not able to do that. So, for example, like Hulk, much of the time he's an angry character, but we wouldn't actually know his character was angry unless we saw the visible actions of what? Of him turning green, Mm -hmm. of getting bigger, smashing and destroying things. His actions are filmable. Going back to our family's example, we want our children to be able to be active, empathetic listeners and in return make great conversationalists. So one of our everyday actions is to ask them open-ended, engaging questions. Now, instead of, oh, like, what did you learn at school today? We ask them, what was one thing that you did that was kind? What was one thing that you did that took courage? What's one thing that you did that made you laugh today? Is there anything that made you angry or sad today? So characters have to take action or the story is boring. And... 
Who wants to live a boring life? So there you have it. Here are the nuts and bolts around crafting and living out a guiding statement for your family. If you haven't yet wrote down those critical actions, just make sure to jot those down in the free printable that you can get at inbetween.org slash episode 87. But yeah, this is going to be all that you need to create and craft a guiding statement for this next month or this next year. So we'll leave you with our guiding statement just so you see how it's all framed. The world is lonely, disconnected, and aching for real community. Our family exists to change the course of a person's existence by showing them that they are seen, known, and loved by us, but more importantly by God. If we don't do this, our family will selfishly begin to prioritize our comfort and well-being while disregarding the needs of those we live, work, and play with. We will need to be hospitable, active, and empathetic listeners, generous with our time, and loving to others. We will develop these characteristics by not overscheduling ourselves, by asking open-ended and engaging questions around the nightly dinner table, and by teaching our children to practically serve one another and our family by participating in daily chores. Yeah. Now, what this isn't is short, <laughs> right? And that's the thing, because guiding statements need to be striven by a story story that you can see yourself in with the characteristics that you're growing in actions that you can be taking and if you don't do it this is what's going to happen and we're going to be overcoming this problem it's a story that we're inviting ourselves and our children into so we would love it we would honestly love to see pictures of you and your spouse or you and your kids or even you yourself writing out and working on the guiding statement if you could do that post it on social media, tag us at InBetween Show. We would love to repost it, share it, and just celebrate with you the act of being intentional for this year of 2020, for the 20s, for this new decade that we're in. So Christina, what are we talking about next week? We are interviewing New York Times bestselling author Melanie Schenkel about debunking the myths of motherhood. Now here's the last thing. If you're not connected with us on Facebook or Instagram at InBetween Show, Be sure to go there because you're going to find a giveaway that we're doing this week. All right. We'll see you next week.